Hi everyone, welcome to your San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. Police became eligible to get COVID-19 vaccines in San Diego County last weekend, but it turns out most who wanted shots had already gotten them. Reporter David Hernandez has the story. Then we'll talk to opinion editor and columnist Chris Reed about COVID-19 vaccines, school reopenings, and more. First, the news. A San Diego Superior Court judge rejected a request from two restaurants and two gyms to resume indoor operations. The judge said the state's rules are a legitimate and legal effort to protect public health during the coronavirus pandemic. The businesses contended that the state rules are too sweeping and abuse power. The state countered that under the law, the state has broad authority to regulate activities during a public health crisis. COVID-19 vaccine supply issues have left thousands of San Diegans without their second doses, but local researchers say not to worry about getting the second shot late. It's more important to come back for a second appointment once it's available, said Dr. Mark Sawyer, an infectious disease expert at Rady Children's Hospital. Sawyer served on the Food and Drug Administration panels that reviewed the Moderna, Pfizer, and Johnson & Johnson vaccines. About 307,000 San Diegans have received their first shots but still need a second dose, according to the county's website. Nine great apes at the San Diego Zoo are the first non-human primates to receive an experimental COVID-19 vaccine, according to zoo officials on Thursday. Four orangutans and five bonobos have been vaccinated so far, and three bonobos and a gorilla are up next. These species, along with chimpanzees, are the closest cousins to humans, placing them at risk of contacting coronavirus. In January, the Safari Park reported that its troop of eight gorillas developed COVID-19 after exposure to a keeper who had the virus. Police officers in San Diego County were cleared to get the COVID-19 vaccine starting last Saturday, but by that time, a majority who wanted the vaccine had already gotten it. Vaccines were made available to police officers as well as non-sworn employees in a variety of ways, with some efforts starting in January. David Hernandez and Karen Kutcher covered this story. David is with us now. David, police departments are saying that they took unused doses, but how were they able to do that? Yeah, so essentially there were a lot of avenues that they were able to take advantage of. Um, In many cases, uh, there were vaccination sites that would call up police agencies and offer any of these leftover doses um, after appointments were completed or after someone failed to show up for an appointment, that sort of situation. And in other cases, um, they were called up by other types of vaccination efforts. So for example, CAL FIRE partners with the county to uh, vaccinate folks through several means, including vaccination sites. And uh, they would also call up agencies to say, hey, we have some last minute uh, vaccines that became available and offer them up that way as well. We've heard stories of, you know, people getting uh, vaccines by waiting outside of Petco Park because, of course, we don't want to waste these things. Were police given preferential treatment? I mean, did police getting shots this way take take shots away from others? Yeah. So, I mean, in a way, you could argue that they did get preferential treatment in that, um, you know, they were not eligible and they essentially in many cases were getting calls, whereas other people who want the shot or maybe are also next in line 
uh, didn't necessarily have that connection and didn't get calls to say, hey, we have some vaccines available. Um, it's a little bit unclear how it worked at vaccination sites where there were people lining up in hopes of getting a vaccine that became available last minute. Um, but it does appear that officers, even though in some cases people would wait outside, would get calls, um, again, with offers for uh, some vaccines that turned up last minute. You had an incredible quote in your story. When Scripps Memorial Hospital La Jolla opened its vaccine stations to officers last weekend, their CEO said they called police chiefs to offer appointments, and the police said... Uh, you know, no thanks. They were done in many cases. Uh, he said that he knew this was going on, but he was surprised by uh, the number of officers who had been vaccinated. Do you know how many vaccines uh, were given to police officers before they were eligible? So a firm total number is kind of hard to pinpoint just because there are different avenues where the vaccines are coming from. For example, like healthcare systems, uh, including hospitals, and also, as I mentioned, vaccination sites. Um, we have some figures, though, and in many cases, directly from police departments themselves. So, for example, more than 700 San Diego police officers were vaccinated before they were eligible. Um, and again, that came from different sources, including uh, hospitals and vaccination sites, like one run by the San Diego Fire Rescue Department at Balboa Park. Um, through CAL FIRE's efforts, they vaccinated more than 1,000 law enforcement officers from various agencies. Um, so we know that the number is in the hundreds, um, but we don't have kind of an overarching figure for all law enforcement officers in the county. And it seems like fire departments and police departments were pretty open with you about the numbers and about the fact that this was happening. I mean, is it their view that this is fine? Yeah, I would say that that, that is their view. Um, they have expressed previously, and again, this week through the course of this reporting, that they feel like they should have been entitled to the vaccines earlier on in the rollout because they're on the front lines of the pandemic. Um, essentially, they've said in the past that they should have been included with uh, EMTs and firefighters and others who were um, eligible earlier on. Um, so if anything, they were pretty happy that they were uh, in a position where they had those connections and were able to take advantage of vaccines that became available last minute. Um, and it, you know, in many cases, it allowed them to get vaccines to all of employees who wanted a vaccine. So Oceanside and National City, for example, are examples of agencies who said they, they went through a list of people who wanted a vaccine. And now, essentially, everyone who wanted one um, has gotten a shot. Uh, San Diego County Supervisor Joel Anderson proposed to move up uh, the, the date where police officers could get vaccines. The, the board voted on that in early February. It did not pass. But you did check in with um, county supervisors to see what they thought of this. What was their response? Yeah, so we didn't hear from all of them. But uh, one county supervisor did say that uh, who voted against prioritizing officers at the time uh, said this week that she, the last thing she wanted was for vaccines to be thrown in the trash. So she was actually okay with um, officers getting, getting these vaccines. And um, 
But yeah, you're right. You know, just a month ago, while they were debating whether to prioritize officers or not, um, turns out that many of them were already getting the vaccine. What has the local reaction been aside from lawmakers? Yeah, so a lot of the reaction I've seen has been through online comments and online conversations. Um, many people feel like officers should have been already eligible prior to Saturday, that they should have been included again with EMTs, for example. Um, but there is the acknowledgement that it created the situation where they benefited from having the connection, um, connections with you know hospital systems um, or uh, fire departments that are administering uh, vaccinations at different sites. So, um, it, you know, it did kind of create this perception from what I've seen online that through these side avenues, um, they were in some way prioritized um, and in some cases over others. Um, so, you know, I haven't gotten a lot of reader reaction um, in terms of like email, getting re emails from readers, but I did get one email from a, a woman who said that she was at a vaccination site and she saw that an elderly woman was passed over um, for police officers who had been called and showed up. So um, there is, you know, at least that one case where in some cases people who were waiting in line hoping to get vaccines that became available last minute weren't able to get one because officers were showing up. Okay, so officers have gotten vaccines before they were officially eligible, but at this point, all the officers who want one have a vaccine, have been vaccinated. So so what now? I mean, is, are there repercussions or just what's done is done? Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it in terms of like what's done is done. I think that if anything, this just brought to light how widespread it was that officers were getting vaccinated. And again, it's not to say that all of them have a vaccine at this point. There have been some that have turned down the vaccine who may decide as time goes on that they want one. But yeah, I, I don't see any repercussions unfolding or anything like that. There may be some more information that comes to light because of the reporting, including you know, how coordinated these efforts were. Um, that's one of the questions we have, for example, um, so it's possible that we may come across more information and that there will be more reporting on this. Now let's turn to opinion. Chris Reed is the deputy opinion editor and a columnist at the UT. Chris, this week the Ideas and Opinion team had an editorial saying that San Diego County needed to do more to help people of color get vaccines. What more needs to be done? Well, there needs to be aggressive outreach that really attempts to get to the, the places where people live. Blood mobiles and ideas like that are obvious. The fact is, is that if you're poor, you're less likely to have uh, either access to a vehicle or to be able to take time off from work to take a bus ride to vaccination stations. And there's also the bizarre phenomenon of even when they set up clinics in poor areas, sometimes it's people from affluent areas who come to the clinics to take up the, the shots that are meant for the, uh, you know, the poor communities. So uh, it was it was great editorial to write, good topic, and I'm glad to see that today Governor Newsom began to act on this by uh, ordering that 40% of vaccines be reserved for people who actually live in these impoverished areas, normally people of color. Yeah, that is a good development, but do you think that solves the problem or is it still a logistical issue? 
Well, I just think you can't uh, exaggerate how poorly the Newsom administration has dealt with the vaccine rollout. I mean, in, in uh, the pandemic began in California last March. They had nine months to prepare for the arrival of vaccines. The vaccines got here in December, started getting here in December. And yet by the mid to end of January, California was last in the nation, 50th in percentage of vaccines administered. It was completely, uh, you know, advanced. It was something that could easily have been thought through well before that. Now, when it comes to the disparity of, of treatments of minorities and whites, also completely predictable that uh, whites with more resources uh, would have a, a better chances of getting early access to these vaccines. So I, uh, I assume things are going to get better, but I really uh, think that Governor Newsom is clearing the way for his recall with his inept handling of the vaccine rollout. Have you heard any reasons given as to why this plan wasn't in place uh, before we got the vaccines? I mean, we knew it was coming for about a, a year. Why wasn't the state ready to distribute it? It's, it's, a, it's a truly bizarre and baffling question as to why North Dakota, South Dakota, and West Virginia, three states that we associate with kind of being backwards, to be honest, did much better than California. And the idea that, oh, but they're rural states and California has more people. Well, actually, living in a state where there's population concentration should have made it easier, not more difficult to roll it out. And the fact is, is that, you know, there's places around the world where they did it right, only starting with Israel. So it's an amazing and a real uh, a terrible blow to Newsom's reputation that a guy who runs as a technocrat can't figure out something that's basic. And it remains absolutely astonishing that what was supposed to be hard, creating the vaccines, was easy. And what was supposed to be easy, distributing the vaccines, was hard. In the 1940s, at one point, New York City distributed a million vaccines a week. And yet California, 70 years later, can't handle anything close to that scale. Governor Newsom is also under fire for his school's reopening plan um, introduced last week. It's meant to incentivize schools to reopen by the end of March, um, and it's being criticized by L.A. teachers as racist. Can you explain why? Well, they basically argue that uh, that disproportionately would affect uh, communities of color in the Los Angeles Unified area. But as a lot of the coverage has pointed out, what it does, what, what, uh, what shutdowns do is they disproportionately hurt poor kids. And hurts them more by far than wealthy kids who have accesses to uh, access to educational research or to uh, educational resources. The thing that's going on right now is essentially all political kabuki. None of it is real. Teachers' rights are collectively bargained, and so the governor can't impose anything on him. So, in a sense, what uh, Newsom has done with his proposal is conveying a message: I care to California parents that he's not the bad guy here. But until he's willing to bring political pressure on the teachers' unions. He is part of the problem. The teachers unions endorsed him way back in November 2017, and he has been working with them ever since. Education reform efforts are gone. They are no more. And so the California Teachers Association and the California Federation of Teachers remain the most powerful force in California politics. So now that we have these opening dates, you know, end of March, supposedly statewide, and also uh, is it April 12th here in San Diego, it sounds like we're not on track to meet these, but where do schools go from here? How do we actually get open? Well, if the teachers unions are willing to collectively bargain on some issues, it seems logical to have school over the summer. It seems strange to have a 12 week break during the summer after all they've been through. And in theory, by then, you know, nearly all adults will have been vaccinated. And so uh, that's the logical thing to, to see going forward. But the rhetoric of the United Teachers Los Angeles and saying that this is just more racism 
really poured gasoline onto an already roiling fire. I just, uh, I have very little expectations that things are going to turn out well for students. And finally, the San Diego County Board of Supervisors voted this week to make jail calls free. Uh, It's the second city in California to do that after San Francisco. You applaud this. Why? Well, it's absurd that we have a criminal justice system that's so much more focused on punishing people than on rehabilitating them and preparing them to lead uh, productive lives. But it goes beyond, you know, it's beyond that. It's It's exploitative to charge $15 a phone call, which is the national average for someone who's in jail. Now, keep in mind, the main reason people are in jail is because they can't afford bail. And so these are really poor people. And then you charge them $15 for a phone call? It's just outrageous. The whole point of the criminal justice system shouldn't be to punish people. It should be to try to prepare them to return to productive lives after they get out of jail. Allowing people to call their family members and their friends and potential employers. And it's just an obvious way not only to keep up their morale, but to keep them connected to the larger community. So this is uh, uh, just absurd that in 2021, this is still a problem in the great majority of jails across the country. So good for San Diego County for doing something progressive and good for the San Diego Sheriff's Department, which I thought would grouse about this for accepting it. You can find the stories we talked about today at SanDiegoUnionTribune.com. Thank you for listening to the San Diego News Fix. I'm your host, Christy Totten, and we'll be back tomorrow.